Hey everyone, it's Curtis here with another episode of Chickadee Chat. I'd like to welcome you all back. Um, sorry for the break between episodes. I uh, listened to the last episode and after some feedback and realized that my sound quality, especially with the bird noise in the background, was quite horrendous. And when I listened to it, I was somewhat mortified. So I decided to um, order some proper audio podcast um, equipment. And today is the first, well, I received it yesterday, so today is the first time I've ever used it, and I really hope that the quality is a lot better, and um, the podcast is more listenable. So in the last podcast, we went over Critter Solutions, um, anywhere from, you know, squirrels, rats, deer, raccoons, um, bears, unwanted bird visitors and um, that's not really the only issue uh, backyard bird feeders come across but uh, the, the critter ones definitely can be very frustrating so other than um, unwanted birds and other animals at the feeders there can be quite a few other difficult situations including um, you know a lack of birds messy feeders uh, we can have window strikes, which are uh, heartbreaking. Uh, every once in a while, woodpeckers can damage the home. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get you know, sick or abandoned birds as well. So, um, you know, depending on your location, whether you live in an apartment or, um, you know, a small property or whatnot, there's a lot of unique issues that people come across when it comes to backyard bird feeding. And the nice thing is, is there's people who have specialized in this hobby for a long time, and there's backyard, there's uh, old school backyard bird feeders who just throw up a feeder, put bird feed in it, and there you go. That's, but but there's a sort of a new school way which which tackles all these sort of nuances and and, and issues um, to to make for the best backyard bird feeding experience and therefore um, a greater level of joy overall. So today we're going to go over those issues um, and uh, sort of hopefully give you some solutions to those issues to increase your joy. So once again, I'm sorry for the break. I'm really happy to be back. I, I missed doing this and, and talking to you all. You're all the best. And um, yeah, let's let's just get right into the episode. So one of the most common problems people find themselves uh, stumbling upon when they're just starting bird feeding is all right I've set up my feeder where are the birds there's no birds now I've mentioned this a lot in previous podcasts these problems are going to be unique to your location um, it, you know it's something I've repeated over and over again but it's just simply the truth um, there's no there's no two situations that are alike and and when it comes to um, setting up your new feeder, it, it depends on, you know, is is this the first feeder in your neighborhood? Or is anyone else in your neighborhood feeding birds? If it is, then, you know, a lot of the birds in your neighborhood are most likely going to be younger, newer birds that have maybe never even seen a bird feeder before. So if this is the case, 
and you know new you, you don't have a neighborhood where a lot of people are feeding birds the birds aren't familiar with feeders they're not really looking for them you've got to have your bird feeder out on a pole in the middle of your yard that is very visible i've mentioned in the past for attracting new birds it is crucial for them to see the stuff in your yard for them to be curious and then to come find it they don't smell they don't they don't you know um i don't know ma magically appear they need to see it they're curious and if they see it they will come sometimes you put up a new feeder in right beside an old existing feeder um you know birds could be on in minutes so there's a good chance you're somewhere in between those um, you know, two ranges of having birds landing on your feeder immediately or birds not coming to your feeder at all. So some of the things that you can do to make your feeders that are not being landed on or are not attracting birds in your neighborhood or birds in your neighborhood simply you know, just don't know what's there, um, there's, there's a bunch of sort of tips you can do. So first thing I already mentioned was putting it out in the open on a pole um, so the visibility is is just number one um, if you do see birds in your yard or in your neighborhood uh, you you notice them hanging out in a certain tree or they're they're living in the bushes or hedges um, you know put the location or sorry place the feeder close to that location and um, you know they're more likely to find it that way and the good thing is with birds is sort of once one one or two birds finds the feeder is uh, they just sort of uh, you know all find it um, it's it's sort of my neighborhood when I first started bird feeding there was almost no birds here we had um, a couple chuckers which are like pheasants grouse type birds uh, game birds that just lived in the sagebrush I'm in a desert area not a lot of trees except for trees people planted in their yards and um, that was pretty much it we had the odd house sparrow but uh, really not much for birds and when I first put up my feeder you know it started slow house sparrow and I had a, a collared dove in the neighborhood and then you know eventually a house finch found it and while some of those first birds are sort of my year-round regular birds that um, still do come around quite often, um, they're not... Uh, I, I've, I've expanded my list of birds that have visited my yard is, you know, up over 50 species. So it's, um, it's something that does change. And the whole diversity in my neighborhood is, is sort of changed. And the the amount of birds I mean you can't you can't go anywhere in the neighborhood without hearing or seeing different types of birds so it's pretty cool and and they do find it very easily and one of the biggest things for me was simply just getting a good pole set up and putting it right in the middle of my yard with a you know wild birds unlimited feeder with a bright green roof and the birds uh, have no problem finding it now so it, it really does make a difference um, Sometimes if you, the easiest thing is to make the actual seed and food very visible. So um, maybe offering the food on a tray. I find trays very successful. Um, sometimes I live on a, on a sort of a hillside with a big view of the city 
and uh, I don't have a lot of a backyard to do all my feeding in my front yard. I've got a decent sized front yard. I do a little bit of feeding in the backyard in the winter because I have some undercover area there that the uh, the juncos spend a lot of time. So I do end up sort of changing things when it does start snowing here. Um, but when I hang a tray off my back deck, I, I, I made a tray that just hangs off my uh, my patio. And anytime I put seed or anything in that, it's it's hilarious how fast the birds find it. I can have that thing empty for three weeks. I don't. I'm not as consistent with the tray as I am with my front feeders that are filled all the time. The tray is more of like the tray. I honestly put it out for. I've got a crow in the neighborhood, and and uh, he likes to eat peanuts out of there. So I usually put it out for him. But it's hilarious. I won't feel feed it fill it. Sorry for you know weeks on end. And the minute I do, there's there's birds there like two seconds after I walk inside my door so I don't know if they're staring at me or what but the uh the the tray is um is a really nice uh way to go and the nice thing about it is you can you can make it out of sort of any old piece of wood or or really anything or you can go buy an expensive nice one with drainage and whatnot it's uh totally up to you but once they find that tray um they're gonna find your uh your hopper or tube feeders, whatever you're offering in your front yard. The one thing you can do um, is slowly move the feeders closer to your home. So if, uh, if you know, you have birds that have a spot that's not super close to your home, you can sort of plant feeders closer to those birds, um, you know, assuming it's on your property or um, in a spot where it's okay to put a bird feeder and sort of once you get those those birds um, you know introduced to the bird feeders and sort of uh, accustomed to it then you can slowly bring those feeders towards your house or in a in a spot where you can sort of you know see them better from your house and and whatnot and you know sometimes there's just chickadees or or other species of birds that that are in the neighborhood but they're just not coming to your yard and and chickadees specifically um i don't have chickadees in my yard but there's i you know i live i live about a kilometer away from the river and there's chickadees all over the river and the reality is with them is they sort of if they're in a neighborhood they sort of don't leave like a, a three house um range they're they're very uh specific in in the the range that they stay so um yeah uh you know sort of enticing them to come to your property is something that you might need to do um another thing you can do is you know if you don't have any uh you know trees and whatnot in your yard um, having creating longer perches is sometimes um, something that is necessary there's some birds that just simply won't use tube feeders or they're not inclined to use them so if you sort of give them big big perches on the feeders you know you can customize your feeders get feeders with large perches um, sort of move around the uh, the feeders in your yard and uh, you could even create like a, a, a f ornamental tree type thing with with something that I've mentioned in a past podcast and um, once you sort of get those those birds using the feeder you can sort of remove the longer perches and whatnot and and uh, this is one way 
Once The trick is to get the birds on the feeder and eaten out of it. Once you get them on the feeder and eaten out of it, then they're just going to, you know, and keep wanting to do that. Uh, so getting them there can take some creativity. Um, so the number one thing is making them be able to see the feeder. If they see it and don't use it, then you got to figure out, okay, what's the species um, tendencies? What do they prefer? Get them on that feeder, then you can put the feeders back to the way they want or in the spot you prefer. And, you know, like I said, once the birds start coming to the yard, they're going to find the feeders. I I can put up a new feeder in my yard in a new spot. I could take all the feeders down. I could take them down for a week, and then I can put up a new feeder in a new spot and, um, you know, give it give it half an hour. There'll be birds all over it. It's just sort of the way it goes, and it was not always like that. Another, so, so that pretty much goes over the, you know, no birds on your feeders. Um, there's, you know, potentially some other, some other things you can do, but that's really going to cover most of it. I've mentioned before, you know, water features are probably the single most attractive thing for getting birds to your yard. Um, whether it's a, a bird bath, uh, a fountain, a pond, the the noise of running water is probably the number one thing you're going to do to get birds to your yard. And like I said, once they're there, they're going to find the feeders. And not all birds use feeders, so keep that in mind as well. Some will only eat under the feeders. Some simply just eat bugs. And uh, you know, getting getting a swallow to eat from your feeder might be uh, might be a little tricky. It's not going to happen unless it's very, well, very unlikely anyways. I've never seen it, but I shouldn't say impossible. Another issue some people deal with is, uh, I actually deal with this in half my yard, is my yard is on a steep slope. So I'm on a hill, well, really a mountain, and my front yard is great, flat, awesome, big front yard. But my backyard is, you know, 10 feet of flat, maybe 15 feet, and then it's just a steep hill. And I don't have, you know, $80,000 to build a retaining wall at this time, so I unfortunately can't just uh, fix that problem that way. So if you if you want to still feed birds on that yard, there's there's a few options you can you can use. Um, if you have a deck then you can simply just use the, the deck um, with with the sort of the deck railing systems that I've mentioned in the past. They're basically two vertical poles on the edge of your, that are clamped to the edge of your deck with a horizontal pole that is connected by the two vertical and then you can hang feeders off that. You can hang a variety of feeders and the nice thing about that is you got birds right on your deck and, and like I said I, I do the tray off the side of my deck and and the birds love it. They're not scared to come out to the to the deck, and they're really easy to see from inside. So it is it is really nice. Um, but if you don't have a deck and you have a steep hill in your backyard, well, there's still some options. And um, you know, if 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 you want to get your, I I have a setup. I'm currently not using it. Uh, I use my pole setup in my front yard, but I have a setup where I can have a pole that is tall enough to put the hopper feeder at my second story window in my backyard um, from the, the 
first story ground below. So you can get, you know, 15, 20 foot poles and set up your bird feeders like that. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an option if you want to be able to see your, your birds out the window and you live on a hill and you live on the second floor of the house type thing. It's basically my exact scenario, except I'm lucky enough to feed mine in the front for most of the year. And, um, and yeah, so you can do that. Um, sometimes you can't get a pole up there and you just got to use a window feeder. So you can get these feeders that suction cup to your windows and, um, they're, they're awesome. I mean, it doesn't really get any better than having a feeder attached to your window because I mean, you, you can get really close to the bird that way. And it's, it's quite the thrill, you know, having the, the suction cup feeders all right on the window. Um, you just got to find a way that you can stick them on your window and be able to feed them or fill them, I, I should say. And another thing you can do is, uh, using a wall hanger. So you can, you can attach a hanger to the outside of your house on really any, um, um, any sort of part of your, your wall. And you can put it on sort of a, an adjustable swivel and you can swing it around to lock right in front of your window. And, uh, that's a great way to have a feeder right in front of your window so that you can enjoy the birds um, feeding right there from the comfort of your living room or kitchen or whatever it be. Now, if you have a new yard in a subdivision and you don't have a lot of trees, um, there's probably not a lot of birds. And, and this is a scenario um, sort of that I deal with my subdivision isn't necessarily new but it's built on a, a grassland mountainside and the only trees here were planted about 20 years ago so some of them are getting pretty big now and uh, you know we do have some birds here and, and now since I've been feeding for a while we've got quite a few birds but uh, you know it's an issue but my uh, my in-laws just bought a house that was literally on on plain grasslands on the side of the highway and it's you know less than two years old there's no trees there that are more than you know 10 feet tall and for the first little while there was no birds there it was eerie you would go there and it was like silent you could just hear the traffic from the highway and there was just no birds and uh you know, some some of the neighbors have started feeding birds and whatnot, and my in-laws have added a water fountain and planted some trees, and, and the birds are starting to come along now. But um, I mean, really, when you once you you know have this, this new subdivision, typically for the plants planted in these subdivisions to be established enough for new birds to come it's going to take about 10 years so the first few years it can be a, a, a bit lean but say you're in a brand new subdivision you have no trees you want the birds to come and you want a good bird attractive environment for them um, this is what you need to do start planting find out the native plants in your area start planting them and the birds will show up this is what sort of you know like I've said in, in past podcasts, you want to mimic nature. So getting native species that the, the native birds are already feeding on in your property, on your yard, in your neighborhood, is going to attract the birds naturally. Um, 
don't offer food for birds that aren't there. So, um, you know, if you don't have woodpeckers, um, you're not near a forest, maybe don't offer suet cakes as people, the, the birds there might people, <laughs> the birds might just not be that interested. So, um, if you are in a, a space like that, that's open space, think about the type of birds that, that are going to be there naturally. Goldfinches, sparrows, doves, juncos, robins. These are the type of birds that fly in these open spaces. So find the type of foods that those birds like. Seeds, you know, millet, um, you know, some insects, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if you're feeding, if you're feeding only um, suet, you might not get the desired results you're looking for. Um, my neighborhood has one species of woodpecker, um, and that's it. And, you know, I wish I had more woodpeckers, but the real is that I just, I just don't. So, um, if there was more forest around and whatnot, I, I'd probably have more woodpeckers, but... Um, oh well, I, I really do enjoy the birds I do have anyhow, and, and I do have northern flickers here in, uh, in, uh, in abundance, so that is nice too. And this spring's been really awesome for seeing, uh, there's four northern flicker babies in the neighborhood, so they've been a, they've been very noisy, but they've been a, a joy. So another, another issue that we can come across is seasonally low activity. So every region has times of the year where the activity at the feeders is slow. Um, this is really just going to depend. Um, sometimes it's in the fall, sometimes it's in the middle of the summer, sometimes it's in the spring. It just, it just depends on, you know, what's available in the wild, what sort of what sort of time of year it is as far as the, the babies being underway. Um, so these are, these are things that are going to be unique to your area. But even if the, even if nature is filled with native wild foods for the birds, there are still ways to keep, um, you know, active feeders in these slow times. So pay attention to, to which birds are still coming and double up on the feeders offering the foods they're eating. Um, if the, if the woodpeckers are coming in, but you still have sparrows, put twice as many sparrow feeders and maybe, maybe hang up the woodpecker feeder for the, for the season or put it aside for a little bit. Um, experiment with some new foods on a tray. So this is, this is a good time to see, you know, what sort of foods are, are working for this exact time. And, um, if, if nothing else does, if nothing is working, then, then sometimes you just have to decrease the portions and, uh, this is just so that you don't uh, spoil any uneaten food that is lying around. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do about the uh, amount of birds in the neighborhood. They're just sort of on their own schedules. Um, if you have no snow or, or no cold weather, um, or you have a, a winter that is just way warmer than normal, then the amount of birds that you have visiting your feeders could decrease. Some people only feed in the winter. So if you're, you know, waiting for winter to feed and then you're having an unusually warm winter, you might not get a lot of birds at your feeder, which is, you know, sort of the, one of the more fun times of the year to feed. 
spring and winter are, are probably the best, at least for me. And uh, when when it's not as cold, the birds need less calories, so they don't eat as much, and um, that's just the reality. So if you want to keep uh, keep birds active at your feeders during these times, then sort of follow the same um, activity, like same sort of advice for the seasonally low activity just you know figure out what birds are coming double up your feeders on those and on and on and on if you have no goldfinches at your feeders a lot of people they really 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 want to get the goldfinches and um understandably i mean why wouldn't you um if you're if you're not getting any goldfinches at the <laughs> goldfinches at the feeders um first thing you're going to want to do is sort of check your range map to make sure that you have gold finches in the area. Um, even if you do have finches in your area, there's a good chance they might just ignore your, your finch feeders. They're flocking birds, so they move from field to field in search of seeds, um, and they, they mostly eat on mature flowering plants or on the ground. So if you see gold feeders at your at your feeders every day there's a good chance you're not actually seeing the same ones it's probably uh, different flocks moving from area to area so if if you do have goldfinches coming to your feeder if your seed isn't fresh they're not going to eat it anyway so um, keep your goldfinch feeders up keep fresh food in it keep the feeders clean you don't want any mold any spoiled old food um, and eventually the uh, the the goldfinch if you have them in the area will return um, as far as getting goldfinch to your feeders that aren't in your feeders you know they're sort of they're sort of uh, random birds they they just got to be in the area and close to the feeders so um, just providing them the best thing you can do is just make a visible feeder that's clean with fresh food and if you have goldfinches in the area and they find it they're going to gobble up the food in there but but like i said they're picky so make sure that food is uh is really good um now one thing that i don't like about some bird feeding setups is the messiness um it can be messy on the feeder it could be messy under the deck so there are some solutions to these um, problems, which I have mentioned in the past, but I'll go over it again. The first thing is offering no-mess blends. So finding foods that have no seed shells and all f desirable foods that are um, eaten entirely, even stuff that's spilled on the ground. So, you know, peanuts, uh, shelled sunflower seeds, uh, other sor sorts of nuts, fruits, shelled millet. All this stuff is is really good for keeping uh, a mess-free garden. Uh, I hate seeds that sprout into plants. It's really annoying. I got a, a well-landscaped property and there's nothing more annoying than, you know, having to pick weeds and stuff all the time. So those no-mess blends are really nice for that. Now, sometimes you get the no mess blends and and i have a hopper feeder and the crow likes in my neighborhood he likes to come and pick the peanuts off of it and so he just uh, uses his beak to to push everything else on the ground so 
under my hopper feeder I have a tray installed which collects all the spilt food and under my my tube feeder I have a 12 inch tray that connects to my tube feeder which uh, it's a nice nice expensive tube feeder I bought which has the tray that 12 inch tray under it so it uh, a combination of using no mess foods in mess friendly um, mess friendly uh, feeders is is really your best bet now if you're feeding on your deck and you're you're getting uh, you know bird poop on your deck then um, that's sort of uh, you know a problem that you're going to have to set up your your deck feeders so that um, you any bird droppings don't go on to your actual deck um, most of the birds when they come and eat off your your deck um, is are, are going to defecate elsewhere they'll come grab a food they'll fly away if they're perched on your deck for quite a while then they're going to but um, you know as needed you're just probably gonna have to spray off the railings and floorboards and uh, and then you'll be you'll be very good if uh, if you're doing it in the winter then you might just have to wait for those days where things thaw and maybe get a squeegee and squeegee the stuff off your deck but you know if you want to keep your deck clean, scrub brushes, squeegees, a good hose, it's gonna be the uh, that's gonna be the the best the best issue or the best way to to keep that, and uh, you know, putting your feeders in a place to prevent those droppings. So, um, no mess foods, mess friendly feeders, and um, you know brushes and water and you'll keep your you'll keep your stuff pretty pretty clean it's you know you have to sometimes get a little bit uh, inventive and um, you know overcome some situations with some creativity but it's it's all completely achievable to keep a mess free situation um, another big one is window strikes so um, if you feed birds there's a good chance that you've had birds hit your window for me fortunately it's not super often it's usually migrating birds so the ones that seem to be really um i don't know not window smart are the um uh, white crown sparrows that seem to pass through my yard on their migration they stay for about two or three weeks and then they uh they go out on their way but they they don't hit the window hard they just kind of thud into it they're really bad on the back deck and it, you know my windows naturally have um, sort of metal in them as part of the texture and on my back deck I have stickers all over them and and these birds still hit them other than that I've, I've had a dove hit my deck window uh, flying away from another dove it it was stunned for a little bit but it ended up being okay um, but you know I've had a wax wing um, not make it but they they suck the window strikes suck it's really no other way to put it so put put um, window feeders so some of the things you can do you can put window feeders on the window this messes up the reflection and shows birds that they cannot fly any further you can put sun catchers, so stained glass and prism reflectors on the inside of the window, and they'll make the window look unsafe to fly through. 
You can hang a loose screen or netting a few inches from the window. They'll hit the screen instead of the window and they'll bounce off uninjured. Uh, you can use mylar ribbons. So these are streaming bands of mylar ribbon and they, uh, they move with the wind and reflect sunlight and um, you know help the bird not fly into the window. You can stick decals to the window on exterior surfaces. Um, they're usually pretty effective. I've got like crows on mine that I had uh, my dad make for me. You can try sprays. There's window alert sprays, UV liquid sprays that add a UV protection to the window. Um, sort of shows the birds that this is not an area to fly through. You can try films, kaleidoscope, one-way film that you can apply to the window, making your window visible to the birds without blocking the view from inside. Uh, tint, different different sort of things. So um, that's that's sort of the options you got for window strikes. They can be they can be very very effective, and also um, uh, you know we've talked about it in the past about having feeders either within three feet of the window or more than ten feet. So it has to be closer than three feet or more than ten feet not in the mix and and that should prevent I have my feeders you know 20 plus feet away from my windows and my local birds especially they don't have any issues with the window so I'm I'm grateful for that um, another thing that you can be dealing with is woodpecker damage and that can be um, very uh, annoying if you're having a woodpecker eating your house um, fortunately I don't but there are a few solutions you can do that. They're typically the reasons it is important to know why the woodpeckers are pecking at buildings. There's there's a few reasons. It's going to be one of three reasons. They're either trying to attract a mate or proclaim territory. And in my neighborhood, they only peck on the um, metal chimneys on roofs. Uh, they do mine quite often, and it sounds like someone has entered the home with an AK-47 and it's usually before 7 a.m. so it's uh, quite alarming but I, I quite actually enjoy it they don't do any damage to the metal so I don't uh, I don't prevent it some people some people really don't like it but I, I find it quite funny the other reasons are seeking insects or food and creating a nest cavity so they're either making a nest looking for food or proclaiming a territory so if you have a building that's sided with groove plywood or tongue and groove cedar shakes painted stained in earth tones you're gonna have the most problems if you have cedar siding it's a good idea to seal up all the vertical grooves to prevent insect intrusions um, Clapboards and non-wood siding suffer the least woodpecker damage, so as do houses painted in bright colors. My house is vinyl, so I don't have this issue. Um, Woodpecker damage can be extensive and expensive to fix, so it's a violation of federal law in the United States to kill these birds and also in Canada. So the only way to uh, respond to this issue is by using some uh, deterrence and begin as soon as you first notice the woodpecker activity so the first thing you can do is feed them if they're after food give them a snack of suet blend cakes smear bark butter on a nearby tree make sure they have 
drumming trees in the neighborhood. Leave up dead trees if they do not pose a safety risk in your yard. Put up a nesting box if they're if they're excavating a nesting hole in your home. Well, that's a really excellent opportunity to put up a woodpecker nesting box for the family to move into. Um, exclude them so you can have a roll of screen or hardware cloth over the affected area for or some distance all around it and tack down a way they cannot get behind it and do damage or get caught in your house. You can scare the woodpecker um, using garden hose. Uh, if you can sneak up on the bird and spray it with a garden hose, there's a good chance that it's not going to come back. Um, you can buy attack spiders, so little garden spiders, and when they um, when the woodpecker pecks on the house, uh, the animated spider will actually drop a couple feet and uh, make a horrible noise, and then crawl back up the spring and uh, string, and and that they actually work very well for woodpeckers. Mylar ribbons reflect light and blow in the wind, and they are one of the most effective ways to prevent woodpecker damage and window strikes. And balloons, rubber snakes, owl silhouettes are all worth a try, but typically not super effective. So you will probably want to stick with the uh, the other options for scaring the woodpecker itself. Um, and then you can get plastic woodpeckers. Uh, that are, uh, you know, can be pretty effective. They uh, they don't really like to be in the area where that you have fake plastic woodpeckers. So um, if you put up some plastic woodpeckers along your house, it can actually um, it can actually prevent them as well. There's bad tasting sprays and paints, so you can get. Uh, product called Ropel. It's a vile tasting substance that can be sprayed on your house and um, you know it's 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 likely to work maybe 50% of the time at best. Bad tasting paint can be uh, successful. It claims 70% uh, success rate but um, you know that's, that's hit or miss. And then uh, Woodpeckers will find the holes carpenter bees have dug into weathered wood. It's easy pickings for the woodpeckers to peck a hole about a width of your finger to get the larvae and overwintering adults. So if you control carpenter bees, bees, you'll control the damage. So, you know, keep the bugs away. Um, and, you know, the, the best way to prevent it is to, you know, figure out why they're doing it and offer a solution. So if it's food, offer food. Prevent the food from being on your house, offer them food elsewhere. If they're making a nest, provide them a nest. Um, otherwise, if you don't want them around at all, then, um, you know, use some of the, the tactics to scare them. If you find um, an orphaned or injured bird and... Uh, you should leave it to people who know how to do it right. So you, here's some steps to follow um, to decide what to do. Step one is to decide whether to rescue the bird or not. Most baby birds do not need rescuing. Fledglings might be on the ground because they are learning to fly. So by rescuing them, you are actually interfering with the course of nature. Many baby birds, such as blue jays and American robins, leave the nest when they are still clumsy and unable to take care of themselves. Keep yourself out of view and watch for at least two to three hours to see whether a parent returns. If neither adult comes back, you might have found a more orphan bird. 
Step two, what's next? If the bird is not in danger from predators, leave it on the ground. If you can find the nest, you can return the bird to it. Birds cannot detect the scent of humans, so the parents will not reject the baby bird if you touch it. Many mammals, however, can pick up your scent, which makes it easier for cats, raccoons, and other predators to find the young baby bird following your scent. So you don't have to believe the myth of touching the bird and the parent rejecting it. Step three, call a wildlife rehabilitator. If you are pretty sure you have found an orphan bird, call a professional wildlife rehabilitator. You are provided, prohibited by federal law from having any wild bird, even an orphan, in your possession unless you are a licensed rehabilitator. The National Wildlife Rehabilitators Association, the Humane Society of the United States, and other resources in Canada, such as SPCA, um, will have some resources on their websites that will help you find a wildlife rehabilitator near you. Step four, while you wait, if you must care temporarily for an orphan bird, it is important to keep it indoors and warm in a small box or enclosure with ventilation holes. Create a nest-like environment so the bird can nuzzle next to something soft and rest its head. Use paper towels or a soft cloth. Do not use grass clippings, which could be damp and cold. Do not attempt to feed the bird unless advised to do so by a professional rehabilitator. And there are lots of uh, sources online, the National Wildlife Rehabilitators Association, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, the Humane Society of the United States and Canada, there's the SPCA and uh, local wildlife um, uh, rehabilitators as well that you can get in contact with. If you find an injured bird that has hit a window, it may recover quickly, or if it has gone into shock, take a few hours. Prop it up with a soft towel in a dark aerated box. Do not try to give it any food or water. Check it every 30 minutes or so. If it is ready to fly, release it near trees or bushes so it does not have far to go. If it is not recovering, call a local, local licensed wildlife rehabilitator for help. It is illegal to possess or attempt to rehabilitate birds without a license. If you find a sick bird, it usually behaves differently from other birds. It might be very slow, perch in one place, puff up even when it's not cold, or have weepy, crusty eyes. It may not fly when approached. If it, if you have especially finches or pine siskins on your feeder that let you come right up to them, even touch them, feed them, chances are it is sick with the, the salmonella. Not, It's a little different than salmonella, but uh, it's common. Um, you know, there's not a good chance to uh, you know don't don't try to care for the bird it's it's sick um, if a sick bird does come to your feeder minimize the risk of infecting other birds by cleaning your feeders with bleach and if you see several sick birds take down all your feeders for at least a week to give the birds a chance to disperse and prevention is the key to avoiding disease so regularly clean your feeders and um, yeah sick birds is a is a sad one now, um, pretty much to wrap this guy up is, uh, actually, you know what? I, I think that's a good spot. Um, I think I'm going to finish the podcast here and, uh, I'll do another podcast in the next day or so with a few extra tidbits on, um, you know, some special situations. So, We'll go over weather situations. Um, if you get a lot of rain, if you're in an area with lots of humidity, if you're in an area with lots of snow and freezing rain, lots of wind, um, hot temperatures, 
uh, hobbyists living in specialty special living conditions like elderly in their own homes or retirement centers um, stress centers hospice care vacation homes different things like that and uh, you know this one this one hits a little close to home um, with the whole COVID situation um, one of my goals for 2020 was to actually come up with a um, program in my community where I want to set up bird feeders in retirement homes um, for the elderly to be able to enjoy the joy of feeding birds. I want to offer no mess bird feeding situations and I want to provide the feed and feeders on my dime. Um, due to COVID, not only can I not get into bird feeders, but my business has been sort of put on the... Uh, the back burner and uh, funds have been sort of uh, diverted so it's kind of a bummer of a situation but it is something that means a lot to me and um, it's something that I do want to want to do in the future so I'll go over those in the next podcast we'll maybe do a quick podcast and maybe tomorrow or the next day and uh, go over the final uh, sort of nuance conditions and then we'll get into another podcast after that where I think I'm going to go over some um, yeah well you know maybe we'll go over some more some more uh, detailed bird food stuff storage stuff like that and then potentially maybe get into a specific bird podcast um, so yeah let's see uh, let's see how it goes anyways thanks for watching thanks for listening I hope the uh, quality is a lot better I hope you enjoyed the show, and um, please keep on listening. Don't forget, subscribe. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Um, Tell a friend. All those things. Really appreciate it. This is Curtis. Thanks again for listening, and take care. Bye.